Alright, partner. Alright, alright. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. <laughs> you are mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week our theme is office-based movies and we're going to be discussing all the president's men and sorry to bother you. After that we'll announce our theme choice for the next episode. And then the final section is Stitch Up where last time two tosses on the bounce. I lost the last toss. I had to watch Pinocchio's Revenge. Thank God for that. Thank, <laughs> Thank God. Baby Jesus I could, I could not watch another friggin' Stitch Up film <laughs> this week. You, you've, you've done enough, to be fair. You've put yeah. the work into Stitch Up for a while. It was about time yeah. that I watched something. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I did. I had to watch something. And uh, I'll talk about that at the end of the show. Before we get to any of that fun and games, the first section we just call Anything Goes, which means that we talk about whatever we want. Last week, this time last week was my best friend's 30th birthday and I snuck into her house early in the morning because <laughs> cheeky of them, they don't they don't lock their door. So I, I, ch- I did a little knock and no one reacted at 7.30 in the morning. I was like, okay, and walked in, dropped off some donuts, had a little message on it, and then I walked out, and then my workplace is not far from her place. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I'll just I'll wait for her to message me. And about an hour yeah. and a half later, she's like, uh, did you uh, did you come over last night? I go, well, I may have dropped something off this morning. And she called me. She goes, that was so nice. She goes, I couldn't think of anyone else who would have made me donuts and left me a message like that. She, she really appreciated that. And then we had a party on Saturday and it was good to see our our friends and uh, two of my mates came up to me and he's like, oh, so I've been listening to your podcast and I was a little oh, bit no. thrown back by it. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I was like, now I know how Dan feels when, you know, I bugged him for like about a week or so to give me the title of the podcast back when you were doing it with Albert. Oh yeah, and um, and he was like, he was quoting certain things. I was like, oh shit, like he's he's really been listening. So maybe just to just to see if they're actually listening, I'm gonna give a shout out <laughs> to Paolo and Ash, and their housemates Jai and Megan, and I'm just gonna see if they say anything. But uh, yeah, yeah. is it a little yeah, test? Is of... it a little test to see if they yeah. really listen? <laughs> and what's gonna happen if they don't? Are they gonna feel you're off? They're not gonna get any donuts next time. That's that's no. what's gonna happen. No, they can go get fucked. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. <laughs> oh, it's a bit unpleasant, no. mate. They're, they're, they're lovely. Actually, he's – so the deal was um, – like he, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to the podcast and like – and I've been meaning to sign up for volunteering for his workplace. And when he said that mm. he started listening, I was like, oh, okay, I really need to – I'm like, <laughs> I know, I'm like, I know I've been so busy on the last job and now I actually have time. And he's like – I'm going to just text you all weekend until you do it. And I did it on Sunday. Did you? Yeah. I was like, oh. uh, as in a screenshot, I was like, ah, oh, signed up. Now you guys have to contact me for more paperwork. 
So yeah, that was that's all I've been up to. What about you, mate? Awesome. What have you been up to? Well, I was checking the uh, download stats on the podcast the other day, and I saw our downloads went up a hundred percent by one download. So I thought I wondered who was listening. So that's that's good. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Thank you. See, well, it's your friends, isn't it? It's your mates. Oh yeah, true. I keep getting emails from Chartable actually, and they, every week they email me and say, and uh, it's the emails titled "Check your new." chart position on the australian podcast chart and every week i, I click on it and it just says out <laughs> it's like kicking the balls every week it's like they email you just to tell you you're, you're rubbish you're failing <laughs> yeah it's like working back in a corporate environment again yeah <laughs> but what i've been up to not too much same old same old watching films kind of i'm redoing my cv again and I was just trying to spend my time wisely, you know, doing those things, applying for jobs, working on a podcast. Sarah has an app on her telephone called Duolingo. I don't know if you've ever used it, languages. Oh, yeah. Well, I've never heard of it. I've used the language app in the past, but this was quite a few years ago, and it's not quite as refined as it is now. And mm-hmm. Sarah's been doing Spanish for, I don't know, she's got like a 500-day uh... streak or something where she's been doing it every day. Yeah. So I'm redoing French. So I'm going through French again. I mean, two weeks in a minimum of uh, sort of 10 minutes a day and gives you scores and you can see your scores going up and because I'm friends with Sarah on there now I can see how long she's been practicing she can see how long I've been practicing so like if my if my little circle is below hers I'm like fucking right like five to midnight laying in bed I'm like laying in a row cooking it up past Sarah's (laughs) but it's a good way to motivate you well it is for me anyway Oh, um, maybe I should join along. What language would you do? I was learning Spanish before I came back over here. I was actually going to classes on Sundays. Yeah, I, I did that yeah. for a few months. I've completely lost it. But yeah, maybe I should. Do you pay for Duolingo? You do, don't you? You can do. There's, do you like it's like a, like many apps. There's a free version and then there's a paid version. So the free version yeah. just has ads in it and stuff and you only get I think five lives, five hearts. This has turned into an advert for Duolingo, isn't it? So if anyone from Duolingo <laughs> is listening, yes, we would love some sponsorship. We can get a free plus account on Duolingo and I'm knocking the microphone. Oh, that would be great. Yes, please do. I'll tell you what, I'll send you a link because I might get like one of those things, you know, when you refer a friend and they're like, oh, we'll put a fiver credit in your account. I might get that. I might get some free French words. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'll send you for a link. Sure. I'll send you a link. So films. Films, yeah. This is what the podcast is about. It's talking about films, isn't it? This is what it's all about. You've been watching much? Mm, TV special? Yeah, we'll, we'll call it a TV special. Hmm. It's called How, Funny How. I think it was a five-part series about live comedy, and each episode was slightly different. So the first episode was about failing on stage and bombing. Bombing is the term. And yeah. talking to comedians about, you know, how they've bombed and going to different comedy places all around the States. Have you ever heard of Christian comedies, comedians? I knew that some Christians were comedians. What, what do you mean? Like very specifically their set is centred around Christianity? Well, it's more, I think it's more that it's clean. There's no swearing. Right. There's no, you know. Rubbish then. It's all clean and simple. I thought, as a, as a joke, if we ever do a, a comedy episode, and we would have to be both in the same country as each other, maybe okay. my the homework could be... Get a plane ticket over to England. Well, that, and then one of us has to do some stand-up comedy. <laughs> oh, no way. 
What, as an intro, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and go to a, go to a comedy uh, lounge and do a, like a five-minute stint on stage or something. I mean, Mark, Mark from Movie Drone, he's pretty funny. I do love his dad jokes at the end of each episode. Are you saying then that you're just going to go to a stage and do a stand-up gig and steal all of Mark's jokes? <laughs> no. Well, he could come up with me. Me? No, me, Mark. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, don't get me involved. <laughs> do it. I, I'm all for this. I want to see Nicole yeah. and Mark's double-act stand-up show. Mark will fucking go when he hears this he'll be like there is no fucking way that's gonna happen or Steve will be like challenge accepted I think you should do it um all you've got to do is wait for the pandemic to be over get a plane ticket over to England find a stand-up comedy venue that will let you on stage for five minutes or so and then record it (laughs) and then get it edited and yeah not my, not many hoops to jump through. No, not at all. I think you have to also book yourself in, unless you go to a like a um, what are they called like an improv night. I think on yeah, those type like of an nights, open mic type thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could just literally go up and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna tell you some comedy stuff." <laughs> um, I think I'll... I think that's yeah. I think that's the, how every comedian opens their own set. I'm gonna tell you some comedy stuff. I'm gonna give you some comedy, guys. Laughy joke time. <laughs> You know, sometimes when you're talking to someone and you think, oh, I've just thought of a job that you would have been perfect at. You should have been one of those people that goes into the the crowds before a comedy show or a music gig or something and they get the crowd all excited. They go, come on, clap your hands. Oh, you know, to get them all riled up. You can just be like, we're going to tell you some comedy stuff. <laughs> have we even talked about films yet? I'll speak about a comedy film that I watched, which was Coming to America 2. Oh, okay. Have you seen this? No, I've seen the original and was aware that that this was in development for the longest time, this film. It feels like 20 Mm. years they were trying to get this made. Uh, But no, I, I must admit, like, the first one is not a classic for me. I thought it was fine when I was a kid. I've not really seen it since. So I wasn't that invested in it. Don't bother. It's like, I remember... When I was younger, I didn't mind the first Charlie's Angels and then they did a second one like a couple of years later and the second one was such like, I'm like, this is the exact same shit, just another another like slightly different version of it and that's what they did yeah. with Coming to America too because I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I've watched Coming to America, the original, so many times when I was younger and like thought it was pretty funny i was gonna watch it just to get a bit of nostalgia but i didn't have enough time i might give it a go see if i still like it like i did when i was younger but yeah the second one it's it's okay it's not amazing well i i've heard i've not heard anyone say it was terrible i've not heard anyone say it was really good the best i think Mm. i've heard is average all right um, that's just not enough to get me to watch a film that I just wasn't that invested in in the first place. So yeah. I'll probably get round to it one day, but I'm I'm in no hurry. I've got enough kind of stuff to watch with them with the podcast and that. Um, mm. But anyway, that's me complaining. So not great then. No, not great. Uh, um, okay. I also I, I watched some stand up comedy from Celia Pacola. She's an I think. I'll consider her Australian. She's on a fair few uh, Aussie TV dramas and I watched her um, gig on Amazon on Sunday and 
her um her stand up. So it's Celia Picolia All Talk. It's really funny. Yeah. I would recommend watching that. To the YouTubes. To the YouTubes. Oh, I went to Pentridge again. <laughs> you went to the prison again. I went to the prison again. And I watched a I'm going to say it's a Korean film. It is based in the US, but it is 90% in Korean and it's called mm. Minari. So it's about um, this Korean family who have obviously moved over from Korea and they've been they've been living in the States for a while and they buy this massive block of land to farm their own Korean vegetables for the Korean market. The zucchinis. Of zucchinis. Oh, oh, by the way, zucchinis is what, It's a vegetable, guys, so we, I corrected Dan. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> moving on, moving on from fruit talk and vegetable talk. But the film was quite good. If we ever do Korean cinema, potentially would be on the list. Okay. And the last thing I watched was... The Graduate. The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. Yes, the Hoffman. Is that because we watched all the President's Men with also with Dustin Hoffman? That is correct. You wanted to watch a Dustin Hoffman film, what isn't Outbreak? Which doesn't involve him sitting in an office. (laughs) Doing an interview. Zero. Yeah, just sitting there smoking a fag and typing on the typewriter. (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, So you watched The Graduate. I've not seen The Graduate. It's one of those that I probably should have seen, but I haven't. So how Mm. was it? I was expecting more from it, I guess, because, you know, The Graduate is a classic. Yeah. Um, The first, like, half an hour or so, I was a bit like, what's the point of this film? And it it was literally just a story of, you know, him hooking up with Mrs. Robinson and then oh, a situation. Well, I don't want to spoil it because I feel like I, f- I feel like you want to watch it. I'm not in a, again, not in a mm. hurry to watch that. A bit like Coming to America Two, Coming to America Two, Coming to America, <laughs> the, but the number two, not the word two. No more. How do you say two in French? Duh. I'm going to send you this Duolingo link. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough about movies for me. What have you been watching? Oh, what have been watching? So I kicked off the week since we last recorded by watching Doctor Strange. I enjoy that quite a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's a it's definitely an upper-tier Marvel film. It's funnier than I remember. The effects are great. Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent is not great, but I tend to forget about it after a while. Um, sticking with Marvel, I've been watching a couple of Marvel films lately, uh, for reasons which mm. might become clear in a few episodes' time. I yeah. watched Thor Ragnarok and haven't seen that for a while. It's maybe my third or fourth time watching it, and it's fucking hilarious. It's it makes me die. It's so good. I think you need to recommend me what like Marvel films I should watch because I haven't watched too many of them. I want to watch Captain Marvel. Okay. I, I enjoy all of the Marvel films in general. Some some are, mm. are weaker than others. Your Iron Man 2s, your 4 2s, uh, that sort of thing. There are a couple mm. that you could probably watch separate for anything else. Have you seen Thor Ragnarok? No. Okay. I, I would right I, I would recommend watching Thor, Thor Ragnarok because, well, it's very funny. It's Taika Waititi film, who we enjoy. We we talked about Hunt for the Wilder People yes. last year, didn't we? Um, I, it was one of my favourite filmmakers and 
humans in general and it, mm. it's very much his type of humor so it's if you, you know what you're sort of getting with a Taika Waititi film um, and that's like a perfect fusion of his humor and the Marvel Cinematic Universe so it's right up my street I'd recommend giving that one a watch and see how you get on see how you get on with that one because that's that's you know there's something more to that most of the Marvel films they're sort of action adventure comic book movies with a little bit of humour, this is more comedy than anything else. You've still got your superhero stuff in there and people with capes mm. and flying hammers and all of that stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's just a bit funnier. And there's some really good casting choices and some great dialogue. And then I, I'm i going to skip over a few of the other films I watched. I'm up to 75 in total now, but I'm going to skip right over to number right. 69. Oh, no, this was not on purpose. I'm skipping to number 69 <laughs> in, my, in my watch list completely by accident um i was around sarah's at the weekend and we watched a film called Brittany runs a marathon easy watch oh yeah i liked it i thought it was good i had quite a good time with it i thought it was it was decent yeah. it's labeled as romance on prime but i wouldn't really say it's romance it's it's not your typical kind of rom-com affair it's it's I think it's a bit more than no. that. I thought it was all right, mate. I quite liked that. And it's not the sort of film that I would have when I f- picked. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, it kind of reminded me of you because you do like, you love your runs. Yeah, I like runs. But I was like, I don't know if I recommend this film to you. And you'll be like, mm-hmm. well, that was disappointing. But I'm glad that you thought it was all right. So, yeah, very good. I'm going to skip past another couple of films and I'm going to go to my number 75. And I watched this last night because... It was, and if you're listening to this, you'll get an idea of how far ahead we record our episodes. But yesterday it was Kurt Russell's 70th birthday, and I did an Instagram ah. post. And I was, while I was trying to find, while I was trying to find um, pictures of Kurt Russell to post on 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 the gram, I found mm. a good one of him in Tombstone, and I thought I'd never seen it. So I thought so I decided to give that a watch last night to celebrate Mr. Russell's 70th birthday, and it's really good. Um, I'm surprised oh. I've not seen it before. It, it, there's some really good gunplay in it. I, it's Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Val Kilmer. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is not in it. Oh, what a shame. <sighs> I should have put Chuck Norris in it, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, might be one for the collection, maybe. Mm. We'll see. But that was on the Star app, and I've been sort of desperate to watch oh, it. Oh, cool. And then that's about it, mate. So I think that's all the films that I've got to talk about, really, to be honest. I've watched a few more, but they're the most interesting ones. Are you ready to move on hmm. to the next part, which I'm going to rename Phase 2 oh. because of Marvel. Oh. It's called Phase 2 now. It's no longer called Section 2. So that'll be, it'll now be called okay. Phase 2 Phase for as two. long as I remember, which will be one episode. Yeah, I'll keep on reminding you. Yeah, phase two. Anyway, so phase two, office space (laughs) movies. We're going to be talking about Sorry to Bother You and All the President's Men. As this was my choice of topic, it's my turn to do the topic intro. So I've got kind of a quiz for you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a job title. And it's kind of, it's a normal job title, but it's redone in like an unconventional way. Does that make sense to you? Because like listening back to it in my head, uh, it doesn't make any sense. It kind of does. This is like, a, what does Chandler do for a living? And it's some fucking confusing thing, but it's really basic. Yes, you got it. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, there are no Chandler-based oh. 
job titles in here. <laughs> but yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and you're 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 right, mate. So yeah. I've got six, and I'm going to start with number one because that's what most people would Go do. Okay. <laughs> beverage dissemination officer. What is that? What's a beverage <laughs> dissemination officer? What do they do? Beverage dissemination officer. Yeah. I mean, are they yeah. uh, okay? Hold on, but. Before I give you an answer, are these all office-based jobs? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. They're not. They're they're just jobs from a page that I found on Google. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you say that one more time for me? Nicole, what does a beverage dissemination officer do? Do they distill beverages? They may not distill the beverages, but they may pass them to people. And ask for money. Oh, they're a bartender. They're a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit too fucking fancy to call them that. I, I must admit, that was probably the easiest one. I'm not sure how we're going to get on with the oh, rest of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we get on. So, you got that. You got that. You got. Did you get that right or wrong? You got it wrong, didn't you? Wrong. I got it X. wrong. I got a second one. <laughs> Question number two. Right, job title. Tell me what this is. A chick sexer. Oh, I know what a chick sexer is. <laughs> you check out chickens to see if they're a boy or a girl, and if it's a boy, it goes into a into a, like a white, no, it goes into a blue thing, and the white, the female chickens go to lay eggs. Is that what a chick sexer is? That was a very Person detailed description. That? Yeah, all you really needed to tell me is you check the sex of a chicken. <laughs> You know why I know this is because I watched I Minari, know. right? And and that's it. That was the job that they were doing no in between the, doing the farm work. Yeah, they were chick that sexers. Is so funny, they were chick sexers. <laughs> there you go. Well, you got that one. Wow, yeah. that's the one I was not expecting you to get. Good old Minari. <laughs> Who says film doesn't teach you stuff? <laughs> chick sexer, right? <laughs> Question. Question number three. You right there? Do you want to get a glass of water? I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Chick sexer. Yep. Next one. Fifty percent so far. So, question number three. Digital overlord. Digital overlord. Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. What the fuck. Digital overlord. Someone that works in tech. Yeah. Is that too broad? That's too broad. It's quite broad, but it's, uh, it's yeah, I mean, digital. Do they build computers? Mm, kind of, no, they don't build computers, no. They don't build anything physical. Okay. They do coding. Yeah, that's pretty close. Very specifically, okay. what would you code? Internet. Internet. Coding. <laughs> Internet coding. Close enough. <laughs> Website manager. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. I sound like so such, such a knob. Do you know what I what I picture that to be? Is you know when you um, go onto a website and then a little box pops up and it's like, "Would you like any help today?" And it's like Tara oh, or God. something. It's asked you a question. How can I help you? <laughs> I'll say didn't get that one. Never mind. Three Never more mind. to go and all to play for. Question number four: Retire, retile, retire, retiler, retail Jedi. Retail Jedi. Oh, what could that be? Something to do with retail, maybe. <laughs> what gives you that idea? Mm, I'll bet. Is this really easy? Yeah. If you know it. <laughs> it's really Fuck. easy. Retail. Is it? Is it just a 
manager for retail. Well, it's a shop assistant. Oh. What did you say? Shop manager? Yeah. They manage the retail Jedis. They're, they're bloody, they're retail Yodas, aren't they? They would be <laughs> yeah, retail Yodas. I suppose, they, I suppose they would be, yeah. The managers are retail Yodas and the, the Jedis are the, yeah. I can see your logic there. Oh, fuck it, we'll give you a tip. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going yeah, to get the yeah. next one, so we'll just give you a tip. Um, oh, let's see about that, Dad. Let's oh, see about as, that. As Nicole rolls up her sleeves and starts to look very aggressive. <laughs> um, okay, job, job title number five. Problem mm. Wrangler. Problem Solver. No. <laughs> problem Wrangler. He wrangles problems. Someone who wrangles problems. So if you had a if you had a problem, mm. what would you like? I guess it depends on what sort of problem it was. But say the problem was a thought process or something that you wanted to get off your chest. Oh, a therapist. Yeah. Get out of town, yeah. a problem wrangler. <laughs> Brilliant. If I, ever, if I ever need a therapist, I'm just going to tell my friends, oh, I just went to go <laughs> see my problem wrangler the other day. A therapist. Brilliant. Therapist. All right, so three out of five. Pretty good in the end. All right, then, last one then. Question number six, and this is weird. Chief chatter. If you were a chief chatter, what might you do for a living? You love a chatter. You're chief at it. Someone that loves to have a bit of a... Bit of a chat. Bit of a chin wag. Uh, chief chatter. Someone that loves to have a bit of a chin wag. A telemarketer? Nailed it. Fuck no. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Telemarketer. Bang on. Oh, so you a got... A chick sexer. A chick sexer. Yeah, you got that right. You got retail Jedi, problem <laughs> wrangler, and chief chatter. So you got... You got four. Is that right? Yeah, you didn't get the digital overlord. I don't know. Fuck it. Let's just say you got five out of six. Pretty good. Not bad. Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. That was a weird quiz, to be fair. And there there was no multiple choice. I did like it. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, and that's me done now for another couple of weeks. Because next time it's your choice and you're doing the intro. So I get a rest. I get a rest. I thought the quiz was going to be what's in my pencil case or something. And then you were going to (laughs) like be like holding something and I would have to figure out what you were holding in your hand and I'd be like it's a rubber and you're like no it's a ruler <laughs> well if I'd have thought of it I definitely would have done that that's how I was like fine <laughs> we should do another work based one and we'll do it we'll, we'll save that intro for that one I'll, I'll use it for my next intro even though it's got nothing to do with the topic <laughs> what am I holding is it a missile anyway that might be a clue um, <laughs> it'd be a bit of a giveaway wouldn't it is it a submarine <laughs> It is a bazooka. <laughs> oh, sure. Right. Should we get on to talking about our films then? <laughs> yeah, we should. Let's do it. The first one that I have written my notes up in best on is Sorry to Bother You. Uh, I'd quite like to start with that. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's start with that. What the fuck happened in this What the fuck happened in Sorry to I'm so glad that you chose this one. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm oh. so happy that you chose it. Well, I recently saw it. I think I explained last time that I recently saw it mm. and I really, really liked it. And it just so happened to fit in with our office-based movie theme. And I picked it as part yeah. of my free and I was really hoping you was going to choose it and you did. And I was desperate to hear what, what your take on it was because it was a very strange film. Very strange. But for me, in in a in the best possible way. Um, it was written and directed by a gentleman what is called Boots Riley. Budget was 3.2 million, the box office was 18.3 million, and it stars Lakeith Stanfield as Cassius, Tessa Thompson as Detroit, and Stephen Ewan 
as Squeeze. And I'm going to read you a quick synopsis now. Go on. In an alternate present-day version of Oakland, black telemarketer Cassius Green discovers a magical key to professional success which propels him into a macabre universe. Pretty simple synopsis, doesn't give anything away. And I will say as well that... Did you watch the trailer before you watched the film, or did you go in dry? I did. Oh, we watched it together, didn't we? Yeah, on the Pix episode. And I'm just going to let the listeners know, whatever you watch in the trailer is nothing like yeah. what you watch in the actual movie. That's exactly what I was about it's to say, because it's... Completely I feel like different. The trailer seemed to lean quite heavily on the the teleportation stuff it looked like there was going to be some Mm. him moving around from location to location but that was about a 30 second part of the film and it really had no major significance to the rest of the film and i thought i'd really like it when a film does that it kind of gives you the vibe of the film this is roughly what the themes are and this is what it's about but it completely misdirects you on on the content and I, i i love that i thought that was great but yeah i I, I spoiled it already, but I thought this film was really, really good. I really, I had a lot of fun with this. I've watched it twice now in like a week and a half, two weeks, mm. and I enjoyed it just as much the second time around. So Cassius, so he is broke and um, needs to get a job, and he gets an interview for this telemarketing job. Actually, the interview for this job was pretty funny. He's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, you know." I've, had this much experience and I've got this random, he puts a random trophy for something and and the guy's like, well, this is all a load of shit because your mate out there who actually has got the job was your reference. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fuck, so I didn't get the job. He goes, no, no, I don't honestly give a shit. He goes, I'm very impressed by you trying to impress mm. me with all of this bullshit that you do. So he gets the telemarketing job and... The bizarre thing was, so he, you know, he's trying to get people to buy stuff, obviously, and because he's a person of colour, no one is buying stuff. And then the guy next next to him says, oh, if you put your white voice on, then you'll be able to sell shit. And I was just like, that's really, I mean, it's, it might be true um, and that's really horrible to think that, that may be true, but it was a very bizarre thing for this film. It was a strange show. one. It, it was a strange one. Yeah. That was definitely one of the bizarre things about this film. I, well, okay, so when I first watched it, I thought it yeah. was fucking hilarious because the white voices that they get are so fucking white as well. Like, you couldn't find yeah. any whiter voices if you tried. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that i thought that was very funny and i've been listening to a few interviews with boots o'reilly and there's this thing Mm. i don't know if you've heard of it and i've only just heard of it recently on my sorry to bother you rabbit hole but there's this thing called i think it's called coding or or code talk or I, i really should have written this this term down but there's a very specific specific thing that sometimes a person of color might need to adjust their language so that someone who is not a person of color can understand what they're saying because i don't know because ignorance or because just not a language barrier but cultural barrier yeah right he touches on that but it seems to me that his take on it was less of the racial issue in that on in that specific thing there are definitely uh themes of, of racism and cultural stereotypes running throughout this film but that 
that's a commentary on you're going to work and you're just putting on a fake voice. It doesn't have to necessarily be a white voice, but you're going to have to mm-hmm. change your values. You're going to have to change your ideals if you're going to go out into the work environment and join the rat race and try and climb a career ladder. You're going to have to become a different person and do some shit that you probably ain't comfortable with and screw some people over. So that was kind of his his reasoning for doing that. It's kind of just saying, right, okay, I'm a different person now. Because Danny Glover also explains, doesn't he? He's like, talk like you don't need this sale. Talk like you've never been fired. Like, that's what they want to hear. Mm. That's what they want to sound like. So that was more yeah. his take on it. But yeah, I, it works. It works because it's a, a gag and it works for the, the racial reasons that you mentioned and it works for the, the the cultural you know to do with workplace and what you present in a workplace on a daily basis yeah. so i found that with a lot of things in this film it, like things the decisions that were made the creative decisions that were made they had lots of different um felt like they had lots of different meanings i'll give you an example like cassius and i, I saw this on a youtube video so it's not it's not my own thought, but I did notice it in the film. Cassius gets some petrol or some gas, depending on mm-hmm. where you are in the world. Yeah. And it goes 40 on pump six or whatever it was. And you assume, oh, $40, yeah. but it's 40 cents. He puts down 40 cents. Yeah. And that <laughs> and that, that kind of, that tells you that he, well, number one, it tells you that he's skint. Number two, it tells you that he doesn't necessarily yeah. follow a narrative that everybody else, else follows. And it's just, it's a bit quirky. It's a quirky thing and it makes you laugh. And it just works on a few different levels. And there are so many things in this film. Mm. Tessa Thompson, Lakeith Stanfield, um, Stephen Ewan, all brilliant. Danny Glover, I would say. He's the guy that suggests to Cassius to do the white voice. Uh, and I love that line. He goes, do your white voice. Mm. I'm not talking about Will Smith white. I fucking <laughs> lost my shit when he said that. I might be my favourite. Like, uh, there's a tie. That it might be my favourite line in the film. But also, there's one that's pretty close. And there's a, a line of dialogue when... Because there's this promise, isn't there? If you do well in a job, we might make you a power caller, which is obviously a metaphor for the rat race yeah, and, and a promise of promotion. When Cassius gets promoted to become a power caller, he goes to his lift and that corporate lady is there and she noticed that he's notices that he's wearing a pink shirt and she says oh pink shirts are really sexy 35 percent of men that wear pink shirts are more (laughs) likely to start a franchise and i was like what (laughs) what was that and then you went in you went into your cupboard and went to see how many pink shirts that you've got you got that tropical pink shirt that you used to wear wear to work occasionally are you talking about the one where you all told me that it was going to be hawaiian friday and i came in a hawaiian shirt and no other (laughs) fucker was wearing a hawaiian shirt it was just me but um yeah so sorry to bother you so i mean we've got to mention the end haven't we Uh, it goes without saying with these what these these reviews the film is in the title of our podcast episode so i think it's a safe assumption that we're going to spoil the fuck out of it but skipping to the end yeah cassius is he becomes a power caller and he is selling or he's working for a company that is this worry-free company that's been advertised throughout the film on television he's working Mm -hmm. for them that's right what it turns out is worry-free is just another form of slavery he gets closer to the top and he starts to rub shoulders with a guy called steve lift who is played by army hammer they're at a party Mm -hmm. they do some cocaine he does a rap which was uh, i would say actually do you know what that is that's the part that made me feel most uncomfortable i thought it was very funny and this whole film is a satire so it's a comedy yeah you're meant to laugh at it so when Steve Lift asks Cassius, you know how to rap, don't you? 
I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then and Cassius is like, no, not really. And he get basically gets forced into going up and doing a little rap. And I'm obviously not going to repeat what he said in the rap. Yeah. But he repeats it, repeats it, repeats it. And the crowd starts going mad because they are... I feel, I feel like that was a criticism going back to the satire thing. I feel like that's a criticism of people yeah. fetishizing black culture. Um, and they may not necessarily see it as Agreed. bad. Um, but, yeah. you know, it is. It's still, you know... Anyway, I don't want to go down this. We did a serious one last week. No, I don't want to do another serious no, one this I, week. <laughs> we can. Nah, I can't. I want to do silly. So he's at this party and then him and Army Hammer go into a room and they end up, you know, trying to talk business and he sniffs a bunch of cocaine. He's like, oh, hold on. I really need a piss. I need to go to the bathroom. And what he thinks is going into the bathroom is like, I guess like maybe dungeons, not the right word, but a room where there's these so-called horses. They originally were were humans mm. and have now been changed into horses to be used as workers. And he fucking freaks out. And then he sees his job description from Army Hammer, and it shows like them snorting some some coke, and then all of a sudden they turn into horses. <laughs> And he's like, "What? I've just, I've just smoked, I've just sniffed this coke. Is it like, am I?" He goes, "Mate, like, I would never do that to you without you approving to wanting to do this job." He goes, "It's just coke. I swear to God, it's just coke." And then right at the end, you know, all things are going well for him, and then all of a sudden, he just turns into a fucking horse. They call them equisapiens, I think, don't they? Equisapiens, I think is. The oh name yeah, for them. they do. <laughs> The Keith Stanfield, I thought, delivered a really off-key, memorable performance. I thought he was really good. Like, he was just a bit off. He was just a bit odd. Like, he was just felt different. Mm. And that's the only way I can think of to describe it, really. And Tessa Thompson, she always delivers. She's always great. And she sort of serves to be like the... sort of To sort of ground the Cassius character. She's also got a lot of empathy. And did you notice her earrings in the film? There were quite a few close-ups yeah. of the earrings. One said murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. And then there was earrings with mm-hmm. a penis on. And then there was and then there was another set with a, a, someone in a, an electric chair. And I didn't quite get what those references were. The only thing I could think of were that this character is the only one that's actually telling the truth. That's what I got from it. Like these, what she wears on her earrings is like an expression of what's actually going on in the real world. Like um, murder... Yeah death row sex but i could be completely wrong on that i really love this mate i love the criticism of all things corporate i loved how when they're at the bar danny glover he's like i'm celebrating i'm gonna order the good drink and he orders the good whiskey but the good whiskey is just a smaller version of of the regular whiskey i love that i love that it's like just paying more for shit that you don't need to but yeah, I loved it, mate. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one. Uh, I immediately gave it, I think, four and a half out of five on Letterboxd, Shit. which is a nine. So yeah. it's a nine star film for me. This has got everything. It's funny. It's got a lot to say. Wow. And I think I'll be able to rewatch this quite a lot. Would I sound terrible if I give this a seven point five? Yeah, you're a horrible human being. Disgusting. <laughs> no, mate. It's it's what you you know. It, it's. It, I, I liked it because it made me laugh primarily and I think I'll be able to watch it a lot. It made me laugh and, and I think I, I literally like text you not too long after I watched this film and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, but no, 7.5, that's a reasonable score, mate. Should we move on to the other one? Yeah. 
The more serious one. The more serious one, yeah, definitely. So the next film that we watched was All the President's Men, which came out in 1976. The screenplay was by William Goldman, and it was directed by Alan J. Pakula. stars Robert Redford as Bob Woodward and Dustin Hoffman as Carl Bernstein. And there are a couple of others in there, but they're your main two. The budget was $8.5 and the box office was $70.6 And the synopsis reads... Wow, this is a long synopsis. Is it the plot? The tagline... Yeah, it's the whole (laughs) fucking plot. The tagline is... The most devastating detective story of this century. And the synopsis reads... In the run-up to the 1972 elections, Washington Post reporter Bob Woodward covers what seems to be a minor break-in at the Democratic Party national headquarters. He is surprised to find top lawyers already on a defence case and a discovery of names and addresses of Republican fund organisers on the accused further arouses his suspicions... After the editor of the Post runs with the story and assigns Woodward and Bernstein to it, they find the trail leading higher and higher in the Republican Party and eventually into the White House itself. So journalists versus Nixon. It's about Watergate, mate. For anyone that... I was going to say, for anyone that doesn't know the Watergate scandal, do you want to share what it is? Uh, Yeah, it was a scandal that happened and they called it Watergate. (laughs) Fair enough. Honestly, honestly, right, after having watched this film, I'm no clearer on what Watergate actually is. I'm glad that I'm not the only one. Thank God. I know know that Nixon did some naughty things Mm -hmm. and there was some very naughty bugging and tapping of Democratic offices done by the Republicans, um, allegedly. I'll just throw it in there because I don't know what's proven and what's yeah. not. So just cover yourself. And a lot of a lot of money as well involved and money yeah. spread around. There was some shady. There was there was some fucking shady shit going on. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I'll be honest with you. A few, I've tried to look into the Watergate thing a few times right. over my life because there's another film. One, my favorite Ron Howard film is a film called Frost Nixon, oh, and that yeah. is about David Frost interviewing Richard Nixon yeah. a few years after the Watergate scandal. Mm-hmm. And after I watched this film, I watched that again because I love it. I, I watch it once a year, probably. Um, but I still don't really know the details of what, what fucking Watergate is. Mm-hmm. They basically were doing some shady shit. Yeah. And this film is about the journalists that try to expose that shady shit. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that I wrote down was how 70s is this film going to be? <laughs> um, and I was not. I was not disappointed because, mate, this film was loaded with sideburns and suede jackets and phrases like cockamamie. <laughs> oh, it was glorious. It was the most 70s thing I've ever seen, I think. But it's basically about Woodward and Bernstein and them trying to expose this scandal that's been going on. And the whole way through the film, the media, all the TVs you see, the media is portraying like a false narrative of mm-hmm. the president and, you know basically denying everything that happened and at the same time these journalists are talking to people people are not really meant to speak to them and there's obviously some shady shit going on some cover-ups and there's lots of meetings in car parks and on park benches and robert redford smoking a fag and then sitting on a park bench going oh but i need to know more and someone else going but i can't tell you more and him going yes but i need to know more and the other person going all right then it was basically two and a half hours of that and i was quite bored by this film I did a little bit of research before I came online as well. And there's like a few smart things about this film. So the starting and the ending is this piece of paper. And it's the first scene is quite abrupt when they, I think they're typing the date that 
they got caught and right at the end, so like in most uh, true stories, they, there's always a little bit of a blurb of like what happened and it's a typewriter that tells you what's been happening from every month. I found it really hard to read, but, yeah, you, spoiler alert, Nixon ends up uh, retiring. No. He, ste- he's, he steps, steps down. down. Yeah. Um, a few other things. There's a lot of wide shots within this film making it look like um, people yeah. are watching you. I associate that with with 70s films, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of like, it's more like a voyeuristic, like you're yeah. watching what's going on in a whole in a whole area. Yeah, someone's always watching you, and they used um they use a split diopter focus, so which means that there is they use like an extra piece of glass on the camera, so then the the foreground and background are both in focus, and there was like a couple of scenes where um the journalists are on the phone and they're trying to, you know, listen and write information down. And there's also focus on the background where there's people listening mm-hmm. into the TV and they're struggling to, you know, hear the information because they, they've got this distraction in the background. Yeah. And as a viewer, you also feel the frustration at, at the same time. So I thought that was really smart on like little scenes yeah. uh, throughout the film and, there's heaps of information on this film. There's like notes everywhere, and then you have to figure out what you want to take in. What what's the most important information to take in? Yeah, I think it was a bit too long. Comparing it to, because have you seen Spotlight? Yes. Also, investigation story. Yeah. Something completely different, but also based on a scandal. But I found that movie real. like I was really intrigued with that movie. With yeah. this movie, I think it just dragged on a bit too long. That's all I'm going to say. That's kind of how I feel as well. Mm. I, I didn't notice the split diopter stuff, I must admit. But that does make sense as well when you're talking about how the background was in focus along with the foreground because it was important that they showed the narrative that the media were perpetuating during that time. And it was like... Nixon is great and he's he's brilliant, mm. and but yet yeah, the the papers were telling a different story. So the fact that they were kind of mixing up those two things, it's pretty genius, really, because that's exactly what happens in the real world. You've got these opposing beliefs, and you've mm. got to try and pick what the most useful information is. There's so much garbage out there, and you've got to think, all right, where's this information come from? Mm-hmm. What source has it come from? And you've really got to do the work. So that is very clever, actually, mate. And I didn't, I didn't notice that. So. This film was definitely, I mean, it was a well-made film, don't get me wrong, really good, you know, all-time class actors in there, Redford and and, and Hoffman. It was just a personal thing for me. It just sort of dragged a little bit. Maybe there's more in there to unpack and and have a look at, and one day perhaps I'll revisit it, but I don't fancy it anytime soon, just because maybe it's because I'm a product of the YouTube generation and I can only focus for 10 minutes at a time without picking up my telephone. (laughs) Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Maybe this film would be more suited to like a cinema experience where you just sit there and you're not doing anything mm. else. Like all you've got to do is concentrate on the film. Maybe maybe I'd get more from it there. Or or destroy my phone. Or lock my phone in concrete and dump it into the North Sea. That might work as well. Sometimes I feel like doing that anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to wrap it up then. So final thoughts on all the President's Men. Just to reiterate really, I basically thought it was too long, a bit dull. Some really, really good stuff in there, artistically speaking. Some good creative choices in terms of camera work and and that sort of thing. Um, Would like to have had a bit more of a score. 
Um, it was very slow and purposeful. Not quite my cup of tea. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. However, I did enjoy, and this is not to do with really my rating of the film, but more over the two films, I felt like there was a yeah. running theme over the two films that we picked, and that was a false narrative uh, perpetuated by media. In both cases, mm. the media was going on yeah. in the background. Sometimes it was more obvious than others, but there was always something going on with the media who were portraying something that was going on that wasn't going on. Six out of ten for me, mate. What, what's your thoughts on it? I'm going to give this a 6.5 because it's it's a good film, yes. but I don't think I would rewatch it anytime soon. It's just too long. It was... It was way too long. Yeah, I, listen, if I'm going to go and watch a film about Watergate, it's going to be Frost Nixon. I fucking love Frost Nixon. I think it's great. And I'd much sooner revisit okay. that than, than watch All the President's Men again. However, it's a very good film. It's well made. And I would recommend it to anybody to watch it. It probably just wasn't quite in keeping with my taste. We're done. Office Space Movies. We're done. We're done. Should we announce what theme we're going to pick for next week's episode, mate? Because we're doing a picks episode next time and it's back to you and you're picking a theme. So what are we going to go for? We are going for war-based films. Good God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Good God. Hoo-ha. Good God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. War. Good God. No, I'm not going to. Sorry. Are we back on time loop again? Are we back to the time loop episode? So you're picking war. And we've never done war before, which is surprising. Again, war is not a genre I tend to gravitate towards all that often. But there are a few gems. Um, So tune in next week to hear what we're going to pick. Last section then, phase three, stitch up. Phase three. As I briefly explained earlier, two weeks on the bounce we've had to toss to get the result because the the last two Instagram polls have been a tie. And last Mm -hmm. time we tossed, I lost, and you chose for me a film called Pinocchio's Revenge. And I've Mm -hmm. got to admit, I went on a bit of a journey with Pinocchio's Revenge because... Right. I sat down to watch it. I was trying to. F- I thought it was on. I thought it was on YouTube. It wasn't on YouTube. Well, it was, right. but there was. A, it, but it was a weird commentary track, and it wasn't the actual film. Oh god, that's boring. Amazon yeah. Prime, Netflix, <clears throat> VPN, and I could not find it anywhere. So, so I um, so I watched uh, Atlantic Rim, uh, Resurrectum, as I'm going to call it from this point forward. <laughs> oh, <God>. <sighs> So I had a journey trying oh, yeah. to find Pinocchio's Revenge, and then I had a journey watching Atlantic Rim Resurrectum. You're and um, now, now I know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> so I've sat down to watch. I, I'm fully aware of Pacific Rim. I've seen Pacific Rim too. You watched the first Atlantic Rim a couple of episodes ago because you had to watch it. <laughs> uh, so I got an idea. It's all the same. Giant fighty robots fights giant fighty insect weird kaiju creatures. So I know what it's about. So you kind of expect as a bare minimum, like good fight scenes. Uh, you know, there's there's not many things that not there are not many boxes that a film like this needs to tick, and it ticked uh-huh. very few, if any. But I'll start at the beginning. So the very first scene, uh, the, my very first note reads: "This might be the movie with the most cuts I have ever seen." One minute and forty seconds in, and I'm starting to feel nauseous. So. <laughs> 
there is a boat scene at the start of the film. There is a man on a boat and then there was a man on a walkie-talkie and they were both talking. But it was the most mundane conversation. Like the man on a boat was like, I'm going to this part on the grid now. And the man walkie-talkie was like, yes. But it would cut between every single word. And I was like, what's going on? I was like going left and right. There were so many cuts. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So this guy, this guy on the boat, he's, I don't know why he's out there because he's a boat human. And the the kaiju monsters come up from the sea and they come up and in front of them, there's this like warship and the kaiju just flicks it. One flick of the hand and the boat just explodes. And so the kaijus are back. They're back. You thought that they were dead in the first film. They're not. They're back. Uh, and they're fucking badder than ever, mate. And when I say badder, I don't mean that they're harder or like they're tougher. I mean, this film is badder. I don't know. I wonder which one's worse. I wonder out of the two, which one's which one's the worst film? I mean, um, feel free to watch the first one and then mm, let me know which one you prefer. I might not do that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so the kaiju are back. So what do they need to do? Don't get the team that killed the kaiju in the last one because they might be the experts. They might be, but just don't because we couldn't mm. afford them for the sequel for some reason. What we're going to do is we're going to get the creator of the robot suits while on a run we're going to get him and he's going to be our new part of our new crack team for fighting these kaiju oh, so they God. get the they get the inventor of these suits and right. it's these important government officials that pick him up and we know that they're important government officials because the music is like bah, 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 bah. and the music is a total ripoff of of pacific rim it's very similar but it ain't that bad the music is one of the better things I would say about this film. Although it was used oddly in some odd places. For instance, I feel like a music like that is is very much for like a tooling up scene, a montage, a training like thing or action. Whereas they would use it where a couple of characters were just walking from the hallway to the lab. They'd just be like, "Oh, hello, we're just walking along." And it's like, they're just walking like that. And I don't know how how well that's going to translate on an audio medium, <laughs> but it was very odd. It was very disconcerting. But the music was good. The music was good in itself, just not applied very well, in my opinion. Um, rough CGI, man. I mean, so bad. they must have just re- reused a lot of stuff in the first one. I don't know. It was like a PS2. Uh, it was pretty <laughs> bad. I've written down a few quotes. I-, I really enjoyed when they kept saying reverse plasma membranes. What does that mean? Reverse plasma membranes? No idea. The opposite of forward plasma membranes, which I still don't, don't understand. <laughs> yeah, you cracked it, mate, yeah. No, it's it's nonsense. But I love all those nonsense terms that they use in these silly action films. Like, uh, there's another... Well, this is not nonsense. It's more coherent. But they kept using engage boosters. Mm. And I, I, every time they said the words engage boosters, all I could think about is that, oh, that's going to be my new catchphrase. Whenever I do anything, it's going to be like, oh, Dan, are you ready to go out? It's like, yeah, engage boosters. Dan, how was, how was your soup, Dan? Engage boosters. <laughs> I think that's going to be, just be my standard answer to everything. Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. What engage boosters? I like it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do yeah. a tea public after this. After we've <laughs> recorded, I'll make one and send it to you. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. We'll upload it <laughs> and buy some merch. Um, but I really want the reverse plasma membranes. That's the one I want. Atlantic Rim Two. Oh, this was what was what I was going to ask you. So mm-hmm. in this one, I think it was the first or second fight. They managed to kill 
uh, one of the big monsters, one of the kaiju, and it died. It collapsed on the floor, and then a few minutes later, it like exploded, and lots of little baby oh, no. kaiju came out, and they started running all over the gaff. Did that happen in the first one? No. Mm. There you go. So they've upped the stakes in the sequel. One of the super army soldiers, he decides to get into a robot and he has a fight and he gets a bit injured and this acid comes through and acid, he gets uh. acid spilt on his leg and he's like, oh, oh, I need to get the first aid kit. <laughs> like, oh, right, okay. So you're, there's acid burning through your leg and you're going to reach into the glove box for a little first aid kit, a little blue first aid kit like you'd find in your, your Fiat Panda. And um, I was praying to the baby jesus that he was going to put a bandage over it and then that was how they were going to get over that part but he did one better he pulled out a hypodermic needle and jammed it into his wound what and then he was fine it's like oh all right so if you've got acid on your leg all you need to do is is get a needle from a first aid kit and jam it into your leg it's fine but that's not even the worst thing right because a few minutes later the character dies the character sacrifices himself by flying into one of the giant monster kaijus. So why did he need to repair his leg? He didn't even need to do it. They should have just taken it out. It was it was a shit idea. Remove it from this. You don't need to. He's not going to be... Uh, and you saw the first film. So they're all just sitting down in a chair. Looking through an eyepiece. And pretending to control a giant robot. <laughs> so it's not like he's got to run around or do anything. Just don't fix his leg. Just leave it. Just say that he's injured. If he's going to die five minutes afterwards. Who cares? It amused me. It amused me at the time when he was reaching for the first aid kit. I was praying that he was going to put a bandage on it. And when he didn't, and he put a needle in there, I thought that was pretty funny. And then when he died afterwards, I thought it was even more funny. Because yeah. it's like, that was all fucking pointless. When I first started it, I thought that there might be a bit of gold in here. You know, like Birdemic, like Mega Piranha, where it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, there's some fun to be had, but not not really. It, it, it didn't... It was only an hour and 26 minutes long, but it it dragged... It dragged for me, and it weren't great. I guess I'm going to give it a 1.5 out of 10. What did you? Can you remember what you gave, gave uh, Atlantic Rim number one? Atlantic Rim was it? I think I gave it a one. Well, on that basis, then Atlantic Rim Resurrectum is the superior Atlantic Rim film. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying Atlantic Rim so often now that whenever I talk about Pacific Rim, I'm just going to say Atlantic Rim. People are going to be like, "You mean Pacific Rim?" I feel like I know more about the Atlantic Rim films now than I do about the Pacific Rim films now, which is, not, it's not great. It's done, and I can rest. Forever. Well, hopefully I can rest, depending on what the results are for the next stitch up. Go on. You chose for me Jurassic School, and I chose for you Troll 2. And I put this poll, whenever I put the poll on, a little part of me hopes that you're going to forget. But you never do. And I'm always disappointed because you always leave it a little while as well. You never vote straight away. You always leave it a while. <laughs> I know. I keep an eye on, mate. I keep an eye on what's going on. <laughs> um, the results. So there were 18 votes in total. Oh, shit. And it was another draw. The third time in no. a row. Yes. Yeah, Fuck draw. off. Nine votes each. Another tie. For the third time in a row, we've got a toss. We've got a toss for the result. I have a coin here, and it's a, a commemorative soccer coin, or football, if you talk proper. We're going to do heads or tails. So the head side is Andy Cole, and the tail side is the three lions. So you just need to pick if you want heads or if you want tails. I'm going to go with tails you're gonna go with tails yeah the lions lions i'm watching jurassic school andy coles you're watching troll 2 and the result 
of today's stitch up is it has landed on Andy Cole, which means you are watching Troll 2. Oh. I'm very sorry. The one of Justin Timberlake, right? What? You know, is it Anna Kendricks? It's definitely not that one. I don't think even Justin Timberlake was born when this film came out. All right, cool. So I get another rest then. Brilliant. Shall we do the films for the next poll? Have you got something ready that you want to choose for the next oh. one? So, Dan, you've every every couple of weeks when you know we do our picks episode, you put films on our on the list. So last week was leading women, and you know I think you meant to put Legally Blonde. On the list, but you put Legally Blondes on the list. So uh, I'm choosing Legally Blondes <laughs> with an S at the end All right. for you. What What's Dirty. the star rating? It's a 1. 1.7. It's fucking filthy taxi- tactics you're employing. <laughs> it's disgusting. You put on a list and that's how I've chosen. You couldn't have picked the up. I definitely put Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde 2 in there, so you couldn't have picked one of those instead. No. Uh, all right. Um what are you choosing for me, Dan? For some reason, we've we've gone from we we go through phases of choosing themes. Sometimes there'll be a couple of weeks where we're choosing shark movies and giant fish movies. We've recently done robots, and for some reason, you've started picking dinosaur films for me. So I was watching a documentary the other day about the about Roger Corman's Fantastic Four movie that never came out in the nineties, and they mentioned a film, also a Roger Corman film, called Carnosaur. So I'm giving you a film called Carnosaur. So the next poll then is going to be Legally Blondes for me versus Carnosaur for you. And is it your turn for the poll this time, mate? Because I did the last one, so it must be back to you now, right? It is back to me, yeah. Where are you going to put it? I'm going to put it on my Instagram, which is at Chikanika. And you can check out my other Instagram, which is Nika Creative. Awesome. If you want to take part in the polls generally, you can follow... Nicole on at those places or follow me at flick.face or if you would just want to catch up with the show we're at Twin Picks Pod on Instagram we're also on Twitter at Twin Picks Pod and if you want to support the show we're at ko-fi.com slash Twin Picks Podcast we've got an email address twinpickspod at gmail.com also we're on YouTube and I feel like how many other different things can we say at the end I want to get this sign off bit to be like four minutes long so we're just it's eventually <laughs> just going to be a list of all the places where we've got our name on a billboard on Chapel Street, <laughs> on a train heading to South End. <laughs> yeah, sometimes there'll just be a man sitting on a train with a Twin Peaks podcast sticker on his forehead, sticking his thumbs up, going, listen to the show, listen to the show. <laughs> that's me. If you see that, that's me just doing my marketing. Yeah, so if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to tune in next week to hear our war picks, and we'll catch up with you then. Bye-bye. See you later, and goodbye to Mr. Norris.